You're listening to KMUZ Turner. Visit our website at kmuz.org to see our complete program schedule and learn more about supporting KMUZ. Welcome to The Forum, our weekly public affairs program. Find our Facebook page, The Forum on KMUZ, for upcoming topics and to leave comments. Today's forum is a recording by Salem City Club, featuring candidates for the Salem City Council and Mayor. Moderator Cindy Condon introduced each one at this late April virtual midday gathering of the City Club members and guests. This is the third program in our Salem City Club's 2022 primary election series. We are pleased to have candidates running for Salem City Council in Wards 2, 4, 6, and 8 represented this evening. The municipal judge candidate could not join this evening due to another engagement. On our virtual stage tonight are Linda Nishioka running unopposed in Ward 2, Danae Medlock in Ward 4, Julie Hoy in Ward 6, and Mia Huey is standing in for Stacey Vera Brandle in Ward 6, and Chris Cummings, Ward 8, and Logan Adams is standing in for Mickey Varney in Ward 8. Candidates Vera Brandle and Mickey Varney could not make it this evening due to a previously scheduled meeting. We have allowed Ms. Huey and Mr. Adams to read prepared opening and closing comments from these candidates, but they will not be answering questions tonight. Please remember, candidates are elected by ward, so you will only be voting for the candidate representing your ward. These are voluntary unpaid positions, and we really can't thank the candidates enough for stepping up to serve our community. It is really what makes democracy work. The candidates did not have an opportunity to review the questions prior to the program. All candidates will be offered a chance to respond to at least four questions, time permitting. Responses will be limited to one and a half minutes after the formal questions. The audience will, as is Salem City Club's uh, practice, will have an opportunity to ask questions to one or more of the candidates. So with that, let's get started. And Linda, you are going to be first up for opening remarks. So you have one and a half minutes. So thank you for inviting me. Um, I'm happy to attend and um, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I've lived in Salem now for 24 years. Um, I moved from Southern California. That's where I was born uh, to Beaverton, Oregon, and attended the Oregon Health Sciences Center uh, University and received my Bachelor's of Science in Dental Hygiene at the Dental School. That's where I met my husband, Gary Nishioka, and we've been married now for 40 years. Um, we, uh, he completed dental school and we traveled extensively for his training and we landed back um, into uh, Salem in 1998. He's a otolaryngologist, ear, nose, and throat surgeon, and I worked in the office with him for 22 years. We have now just both recently retired, and so this is my retirement. <laughs> so for my uh, education, as I said, I have um, bachelor's of science in dental hygiene, and I worked for 29 years in dentistry as a dental assistant, oral surgery assistant, office manager, dental hygienist, uh, dental hygiene instructor, both didactic and clinical. 
And um, my husband and I had a part-time oral surgery practice while he was in his uh, trainings. And then we continued that when we moved to Salem. For my community service, I'm currently uh, vice chair of the uh, downtown advisory board. And I've been there for three years now. And I have also served on the streetscape committee, the riverfront um, park committee. I was also on the historic landmarks um, uh, code changes um, that was recently done a couple years ago. So I've done those things. I was also um, president of Friends of Straub Environmental Learning Center. I also um, got the Green Awards started. We um, did that. Friends of Straub's did that. And at our uh, office at Willamette Ear, Nose and Throat, I started a clean medical waste recycling program with the wonderful help from Garden Services. And we were the uh, we were nip and tuck at it, but we got um, the, the second Earthwise certified office in the Marion County. So thank you, Linda, for that opening statement. That's Linda Nishioka from Ward 2. And now we'll move on to today Medlock representing or running as a candidate for Ward 4. So Danae? My name is Danae Medlock. I have lived in Salem for 14 years in Ward 4. Uh, I have two lovely children. My oldest, Ben, is in middle school and my youngest is in just finishing, wow, finishing fifth grade in elementary school. Um, I have served previously as a board member on the South Gateway Neighborhood Association, as well as a board member on the um, South Salem Moms Club. I have a very, very strong um, interest in supporting my neighbors here in Ward 4. Um, Since this is the place where I want to raise my kids, where I want to grow old, where I want all of us to be able to thrive, And so for me, this is quite personal in the fact that um, when I hear from my neighbors that something needs to happen, I feel like I have to stand up and do something. And I was called to run because I had neighbors come to me and ask me to run. They felt it was very important and their voices needed to be heard. So um, one reason that I think that I'd be good for this is because I care. I have experience as a small business owner and the fact that I love this place that I live right now. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that was Danae Medlock uh, running as a candidate for Ward 4. And now we'll move to Julie Hoy, candidate in Ward 6. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you tonight. My name is Julie Hoy. Um, I've lived in the same house here in Salem for over 30 years. I live in Ward 6. Ward 6 is the highest density population of any ward in Salem. It's also the most diverse. I realize now Ward 6 has been terribly underrepresented, and I feel called to help. This run for city council came as much of a surprise to me as it did to anyone else. I've spent decades living here, counting on the fact that there were good people in these roles looking out for the best interest of everyone. I may not have experience in this particular position, but I didn't know how to run a restaurant either, and certainly not through a pandemic, but we figured it out. I know what I see on a daily basis, a lack of affordable housing, homelessness, drug and alcohol addiction, mental illness, increased crime, and issues of public safety. All citizens of Salem deserve better. 
If you know me, you know I will give my all to that which I choose to embrace. With a spirit of cooperation, I move forward in this endeavor and I seek to serve. Side note, I have two children and they are well-grown. One is a nurse at Salem Hospital in neurotrauma care and the other works here at the restaurant with us, our son. And now I have a grandson and he's my favorite. <laughs> Thank you for those remarks. And now we'll move on to Stacey Vieira Brandel, who has Mia Huey speaking on her behalf and again, only for opening comments. So Mia. Thank you. Stacy is currently at a citizen budget committee meeting, working diligently to keep our city government accountable to her neighbor's needs. She's really disappointed she couldn't be in both places at once tonight. Stacy is dedicating her time to learning the work needed to be prepared and effective as the next Ward 6 City Councilor. I have the honor of making a statement on her behalf, and my name is Mia Huey, and I'm her campaign manager. Stacy Vieira Brindle is running for Ward 6 City Councilor, and since I have known Stacy um, about seven years now, she has continuously worked to better herself and better her community through service and inclusion. As a music therapist, she provided high-quality, innovative treatment for people that did not always benefit from more common talk-based therapy. As a doctorate student, she wrote her thesis on the role of occupational therapy and the school to prison pipeline affecting her patients. She now works full time as an occupational therapist at a regional hospital, helping people become independent and safe to return home after serious illness or injuries. And she also teaches graduate level courses at Pacific University. Stacy and her husband are also free fridge and pantry hosts. Their free fridge contains hygiene products, ice cream for kids, and a garden of fresh produce. Stacy's robust educational background and career as an essential healthcare worker proves that she can show up on the hardest of days. Stacy shows up with compassion and a unique perspective to harness a person's motivations and their community strengths to maximize daily life. And in all of these settings, Stacy is a leader and she is a listener. Thank you for those comments. And now we'll move on to Chris Cummings, candidate in Ward 8. Hello, and thank you to the City Club for hosting the forum this evening. And uh, so I grew up in Salem. I was born and raised here in Salem. Uh, my stomping grounds is over by the North Salem High School area. And as I've been growing up around this area and just uh, investing into a business, uh, I've just been noticing that our, our communities are uh, less safe and affordable housable uh, is disappearing and homelessness is having some issues too. Uh, as a city, according to polling, we're headed in the wrong direction. So why me? Why now? My roots are here. I'm invested in this community, been over here for 50 years, and I really deeply care about this city. I'm not going anywhere. I represent a lot of people that feel just like I do. Salem has so much to offer, like vibrant, diverse restaurants, parks across and, and parks and neighborhoods, uh, outdoors, fairs, and festivals. They represent multiple cultures, and many of them happen down at Riverfront Park. This will all slip away if the city doesn't get folks off the streets and out of the parks find ways to get affordable housing back and address the public safety concerns. So I'm gonna take talk to action. With over 32 years of experience in business, I know what it takes to do uh, financial data analyzation and fact finding and how to prioritize and solve complex problems. Working closely with city staff, 
I plan on stepping into the city council with fresh ways of thinking to develop solutions that really work for all of us today. Thank you. Thank you that for that, Chris. And now Logan Adams standing in for Mickey Varney, a candidate in Ward 8. Good evening. Uh, for the past 10 years, City Councilor Mickey Varney has been a community leader in West Salem. As an active volunteer, chair and parks chair of the West Salem Neighborhood Association, chair of the Salem Parks and Recreation Advisory Board, and the president of the Salem chapter of the American Association of University Women. She currently serves as the city councilor for Ward 8 West Salem after being unanimously selected by the city council to take over the rest of Jim Lewis's term. She's running to continue her years of service to the people of West Salem and to put over 30 years of public service experience to use advocating for a brighter future for Salem. The city is undergoing a time of change and opportunity. The decisions we make now will shape what the future of West Salem will look like, especially in areas like West Salem, where we're seeing some of the highest rates of growth. As your city councilor, Mickey has already voted to support affordable housing projects, increased funding for public safety recruitment, and ensured that the November bond measure includes funding for traffic easements in West Salem to help the traffic congestion on Wallace Road. She is currently at a city budget meeting to ensure that West Salem gets the money and resources that it needs. City Councilor Varney has worked for years to serve the people of West Salem and wants the chance to continue to serve, drawing upon her experience and relationships that she's built within the community to make Salem's future bright. Thank you. Thank you all candidates for those remarks. And now we'll move on to the question portion of the program. So starting with Linda again, can you please paint a picture for us of your ward and constituents, the people living in your ward, their wants and needs? This might include the demographics, ages, education, housing, employment, leisure opportunities, health, and standard of living. And some of you touched on this a little bit, but if you could just elaborate with answering this question. So Linda? Uh, thank you for that question. Um, I know that uh, the wards have recently been re-boundaries. The boundaries have redone. And as I have learned, um, there's about 21,000 here. And we tend to be um, uh, probably more older. Um, there's fewer um, uh, fewer young people. So we our demographics kind of fit me. <laughs> white and and a little bit older that's what i have learned um but there's there's there certainly is um some diversity and um we you know the ward goes just east of i uh, i5 um uh, from state street so i have a little bit of downtown and um out to vista and then west into a little bit into fairmont area and um and then i but up against Ward 3, which is a little bit um, sort of wider and further east. And then um, so demographics, um, very similar to me. So I think I fit into that category fairly well. <laughs> Indeed. So thank you very much for that, Linda. And now, Danae, and I'm happy to repeat the question or you can just start right in. Um, I think I'll just start right in. I, I like talking about my ward. Um, so I really like Ward 4. We mostly have residential down here, and we're very, very fortunate to have the businesses we do that are in Ward 4. Now, to give you an idea, most of us know where Kubler is, right, on the map. And so if you go south of Kubler 
and you slice it and dice it. I always tell people like that, if you're looking at the map, um, on the west side, we're kind of cut off at Liberty and there's a little piece that goes out. And on the east side, it goes almost to I-5 and goes down, goes down and around. So there's a good chance that if you live south of Kubler in between those areas, you are in Ward 4. Um, what I can tell you about Ward 4 um, reflects quite a bit about just looking at the neighborhood I'm in right now that I, that I live in. We, have a, we are very, very fortunate to have a lot of folks that are um, 65 and older. So let me tell you, I have had so much fun adopting grandparents for my kids. <laughs> you, can't, you can't know how wonderful it is to have grandparents in your neighborhood that will help hold the baby when they're little or hang out and have fun. And it's good for everybody. So we, have, we do have a very large, I'd say almost half our population are 65 and older which is a great bonus because I am a big fan of grandparents. Um, I think everybody should be and is. Um, besides that, we have you know, residents that care very much about families. And I think I will cut it off there because I could go on. <laughs> Thank you, Danae. And now moving on to Julie Hoy. Thank you. Um, I mentioned earlier in my statement that uh, Ward 6 is made up of about 22,000 people. It's the highest density population. It's also 48% Hispanic, approximately. Um, I where, where I live on Center Street, I don't know what it's like to live in a quiet neighborhood. And I've lived in the same house for 31 years. Um, I see what's going on. I see the hard stuff every day. Um, my business is uh, a half mile closer to downtown and it's unincorporated in county property. It's Marion County. So when I'm at home, if there's a problem, you call Salem PD. At the restaurant, you call Marion County. Unfortunately, I often have the occasion to call and report things that are going on. So early on, um, uh, it, it was suggested mm -hmm. when the idea of running came up that I should go on a ride along as soon as possible. And it didn't happen because of COVID. And every other day, it seems I'm, I'm reminded why I really don't need a ride along. It's happening right here. And it's happening every day. And I see it very well. And the priorities are pretty easy to recognize in Ward 6, I think. Okay, thank you for that. And now Chris Cummings, Ward 8. And I'm yeah. happy to repeat the question. I'm good uh, as well. Uh, when I've been out door knocking, I've been uh, hearing personally firsthand from everybody. And uh, the biggest thing that I hear about is the homelessness. And it's paired with the bridge traffic because it's the bridge traffic where you sit there and you tend to look around and you see it in more places down there in that area. Uh, and so then that's coupled with uh, people are asking with, uh, what's going on with infrastructure because it's not keeping up with the growth that's happening in West Salem. So there's a lot of areas uh, that is slated for new growth of uh, houses and high density apartments. And, uh, but yet everybody's top concern is about the infrastructure that's gonna be feeding into those. And so I do think those are very important pieces for us to keep uh, in mind as we are, as I'm representing at uh, this West Salem at the city council. And uh, we actually, uh, for the number of people that live here, uh, Ward 8 is actually the largest ward by population of uh, just over 24,600. And the, uh, there's a lot of terrain 
and there's a lot of roads that are hilly. And uh, so it does make it challenging for some types of home structures. And so people do get creative and uh, the roads are uh, of no difference. And there's some roads that are a little bit harder to uh, navigate because of the hills. So uh, we do need to keep up with the infrastructure for the folks of West Salem. And we're predominantly residential. Thank you for that. And thank you, candidates, for keeping to the time frame uh, and the timer. And uh, Chris, that was a great segue into our next question. And uh, Danae, you will be first up for the second question. And so what, if any, infrastructure is needed in your ward, such as sidewalks, bike paths, roadways, libraries, swimming pools, et cetera? And how would you go about advocating for development and funding of such improvements? So Danae? I'm glad you asked that. Um, so the other day I was actually out canvassing and I got a little excited. I was walking and boom, I fell right down and I looked down and one of the sidewalks I was walking on had lifted up. And I realized that looking around that um, that is something that we should watch out for as well as fix. Um, so sidewalks definitely are high priority. One thing that I would do is because we have a bond measure coming up this fall, um, I would definitely um, advocate for having uh, some of those funds come to Ward 4 to work on our sidewalks um, because it is pretty dangerous. Um, and I know, you know, many people that have kids with, you know, they have strollers and it's just not maneuverable with the sidewalks being so dangerous. Um, and I know, you know, also many of my friends around here um, have had surgeries for various um, things in their life, uh, as happens sometimes. And it's difficult when you go out there and you, you worry that they could get more injured just by walking on the sidewalk. Um, so I think that that is something that's pretty important in Ward 4 is just looking at that infrastructure with the sidewalks. Um, there are many other things that I could go into, but with the short period of time, I thought I would just focus on one thing. Thank you very much for that. And Chris, now you can expand on your infrastructure. Certainly. Uh, thank you. Uh, the infrastructure, uh, as I mentioned, is a top concern uh, as far as streets and roadways and, and construction. Uh, Marine Drive is actually one of those important components, uh, but uh, me and my opponent, we, we do vary on the definition of that project. Uh, there is a project that's actually slated with uh, that goes down further that I support and uh, has more connections into Second uh, Avenue down here. So um, the bond major, as was mentioned, uh, is important. I am a proponent for the bond major so that we can go through in all various parts of Salem and actually take care of our potholes. And uh, there's a pothole sitting on the West Salem Bridge right now that seems like every couple of weeks it opens right back up. So uh, hopefully it doesn't go all the way through. Um, but uh, things like that need to be taken care of. And I think it's important for uh, the residents of Salem. Actually, I just say, hey, I'm pro uh, bond measure so that we can take care of its structure. And we still have the jury out, so to speak, on what all those line items are going to be. And uh, I would like to really advocate for a lot of those things just to go right where it matters. All right, thank you for that. And Linda, all about infrastructure in Ward 2. 
Well, I live um, right along, right off of High Street, and so we're in pretty good shape. Uh, certainly, the sidewalks um, do have issues, and the trees' uh, roots causing them to um, uplift. But there are places um, east of, of the airport that are pretty desperate for sidewalks, increased um, passageway for either pedestrian or a lot of, uh, I hear a lot of requests to have um, bicycle lanes. Um, and so there are a lot of residences in Ward 2 that would really like to see better infrastructure, sidewalks, and passageways, um, not just for the cars. And then the traffic, of course, is quite bad. Um, also down uh, where Myers Farm is going to be, that's going to be widened. That's over by um, Trader Joe's. And again, a lot of traffic happens in those areas and there isn't sidewalks. So I definitely agree with, as everyone else is already saying, we need to, to have uh, money in the bond for the infrastructure of pedestrian use um, and sidewalk use and for safety, really, it just comes down to safe, safety. So I think that I think you're going to find in all wards, there are areas that definitely need to have some support. Okay, thank you for that. And Julie Hoy, Ward 6 infrastructure. Well, again, I live on Center Street and out past Lancaster, there's a lack of sidewalk. Um, there are apartment complexes and daily during the school year, uh, you can see a mom with a stroller and two or three kids following behind trying to off-road um, until they get to the crosswalk at 45th. Um, it's not safe. And I know that some progress has been made and that sidewalk project is going to begin. That said, I believe, I know that Center Street is one of those across the street is county, across the street is city, across the street is county. We need to work together with the county to try and figure this out um, so we can make it safe for everyone. I mean, if the apartment complexes are going to be built and the children need to get to school, they need to have a sidewalk. So Ward 6 is a priority in my mind for that. Great. So now we'll move on to the um, third question. And Chris, you'll be first up for this question. So by 2035, Salem's current population within the urban growth boundary of 210,035 is expected to increase by 60,000 residents. On April 19th, the Salem Planning Commission approved the Our Salem Vision Project with some revisions. The project includes an update to the Salem Area Comprehensive Plan. Do you agree with the comprehensive plan changes, which include more acreage for multifamily housing, increased density around the core chariots network, and more mixed housing? So Chris, to you. Yeah, I for the most part, uh, there's a lot of parts of it that I actually do agree with. Uh, there are some parts in there in regards to zoning that I am concerned about we should be looking at zoning that will actually help uh, everybody and allow commerce to dictate uh, some of the zoning things without uh, government coming in and just saying, let's rezone this and, and hope for the best. And so uh, I do know that uh, there's been a lot of good work put in by city staff over there and they've done an incredible job of collecting community feedback. Uh, but uh, there's changes that are actually being imposed by the state of Oregon as well to help out 
And so by uh, marrying that up with the same uh, directives as the state, I think it's important for us to be on track and, and apply those locally as well. But uh, I would just want to make sure that within there that we're not doing any uh, repercussions on working families and uh, making their rates go up for their properties as a result. Thank you for that. And Julie Hoy. You know, I appreciate this question and I feel like it's an area that I, I could learn a lot because I don't know a lot of detail about the con comprehensive plan. Um, so given given more time and the opportunity to understand it better, I think I, I might answer that question uh, a little more intelligently, but I, I just, I need to learn more. That's the bottom yeah. line. No, no problem. Would you like to just speak to the need for multifamily housing and the increased density around the chariots network and more mixed housing, just general thoughts about that? Oh, general thoughts are, I know we need more. And okay. I know we need more affordable housing. Um, I know a lot of people personally who can't afford to get a place of their own. Um, and we need to figure that out. There's something, something very wrong. All right. Well, thank you. So moving on to Danae, you're up. I think that having more options for housing um, is very, very important. Um, I think that having more options for individuals who might not be able to purchase a home at this time is vital to helping uh, Salem, Salem residents be able to find a place to live. Um, I actually spoke to someone the other day that she was trying to rent um, a home here in Salem uh, over the last year or so. And once she moved into the home that she started renting, the landlord said, oh, we're sorry, but um, we're actually going to sell the house in a month and you need to move again. And she was very discouraged because she couldn't, there wasn't enough, um, there weren't enough options for her to be able to rent an apartment or a multifamily unit, you know, to be able to go somewhere and do that. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's one thing to say that, that, you know, we all ideal in an ideal world would love to have our own home, but the fact is not everybody can afford to get a home that I think on average right now in Salem, it's about $400,000 to buy a regular single family home. So I very much support having more options that, um, include multifamily, uh, housing. Okay, thank you for that. And Linda, do you want to finish off uh, finish it off for us for this question? Uh, yes, again, a very good question. When we moved here 24 years ago, it was even difficult at that time to find a reasonable um, rental home until we were able to purchase. And so it's been a problem for some time, and I think it has worsened. Um, we do need to rethink a bit and uh, the idea of having transit reaching the areas where there's higher density so that then there can be a better flow. We don't have to have as many cars on the road. We don't have to deal with parking if they're coming into town or wherever their workplace might be. So I agree with that. Um, and I also feel that we have to have multi, um, you know, mixed use, multi layers of, of housing. Um, we do have many single family homes. We might need to be having developers build duplexes and fourplexes so that 
those could be also available um, and more affordable for middle income. And the city is already working on trying to uh, find ways for um, affordable housing, and um, and we need to continue that. The the um, new building that will be going up for apartments where the Nordstrom's was, that's an example. The Nishioka building downtown is also another example. And so we need to have a much bigger mix of housing options here. So I do agree with all of those plans in the city plan. <laughs> You're tuned to All Volunteer Community Radio, KMUZ, Turner. Broadcasting to the Mid-Willamette Valley on 88.5 and 100.7 FM. This is our weekly public affairs program, The Forum. I'm Forum producer Stella Schaffer. Candidates for city council came for a virtual online panel of Salem City Club with a couple of stand-ins for candidates who couldn't make it. This is the recording of their self-introductions and outlines of intent and the city's needs. All right. Well, thank you. So our final question for this round um, will be on a subject that is... um, troubling all of us, which is houselessness. So Salem has acted on a variety of initiatives to house and serve the needs of those who are houseless in our community, including collaborating with nonprofit organizations focused on serving the needs of this growing community, siting of micro-shelter communities, supporting transition to stable housing, and supporting navigation centers are a few of the steps that have been taken. Is the city going in the right direction if so, what would you do to maintain the current momentum? And if not, what would you do differently? And Danae, I think you're up first on this one. Okay. Homelessness has been around for quite a while, but the last few years it has exponentially grown. Um, and I am hopeful because of all the things that have been building over the last few years as well. Um, I'd say maybe since 2017. Uh, where people have come together and worked um, to try to to come up with good solutions. So like I can tell you recently um, I got to tour the um, one of the micro uh, unit manufacturer sites, and that was really inspiring. Uh, A little while before that, I actually got to go see one of the sites where individuals were temporarily staying because it is temporary um, because they have the wraparound services available to help people um, raise themselves out of homelessness because we all can agree that at some point in our lives, we're going to need help. And right now, those individuals need help. And so one thing I feel like we're doing, definitely we're doing correctly is is, um, creating those micro shelters and finding places to put them and to run those services. And last but not least, I know Chris Hoy, I am so excited that he got passed in the house um, leasing so that we can actually lease land that's owned by the state that's in Salem, where we can put some of these micro shelters. Okay, thank you for that. And Chris, houselessness. Yeah, the... Um, Navigation Center is a great concept that's already been uh, put into the works. I wholeheartedly get behind that. There's some details that are in the works right now, uh, according to Arches, that is actually looking at some of those details on who's going to be in there, what's the room's going to look like, and all that. But it sounds exciting as far as what's coming together so far. And uh, I would like to also just be a part of the leadership that organizes the efforts to move forward on those projects. 
and uh, expedite the navigation center as fast as it can go. It's really greatly needed. Um, the uh, other thing, though, is that I'm going to be looking for ways that we can put money into proactive approaches to the homelessness issue that is leading, uh, or excuse me, that's coming from affordable housing issues. And so if we're looking at uh, what's uh, driving people into homelessness, we can see that it's because of the house issues. You know, there's a lot of different factors behind that. Inventory, the cost, they ain't quite so affordable anymore to build either. So uh, looking at ways we can help people on the front side so that we can start to lower the um, symptom costs. And so the things that we're having to do right now and, and taking care of everybody that's out there on the streets right now, uh, that's great. We need to do that right now. Uh, but we also can't sustain that long term either. Thank you very much for that answer. And now, Linda, houselessness. Yes, an issue that we're all dealing with. Um, it's going to come down to supporting um, people to not fall into houselessness. We also need to make sure we have those wraparound services for those on the edge so that they don't um, continue to fall. We've had so much money taken away from mental health issues and again, housing. As housing costs go up, people just can't live there anymore. But there's many factors. There's so many factors. There's domestic violence, there's a divorce and no support. So it goes on and on. The number of children that we have, we need to make sure that we can find stable housing for families and young children so that they aren't moved again and again or living in their car. Um, I have several friends that are teachers and it's it's heartbreaking to hear um, some of the stories. So the efforts are great and the city is doing, you know, it's taken some time, but it's going to continue to take time. And we need to have both county and state um, work together with the city. Uh, a lot of the Funding will need to come from the county for the wraparound services. We need to make sure we have all the social services that are needed in different ways for families, for people that have addiction issues. There, there's going to be many multi-layers and it's, it's going to take time. Um, I think we are stepping forward and moving forward. So we have to continue that work. Okay, and thank you. And Julie, do you want to finish up this round? Houselessness, and do you support what the city's doing or should we change? Well, Linda kind of stole everything I was going to say there, but that's all right. I I feel the same. Um, in addition to that, I, I am hopeful that the Navigation Center, center will be helpful. Um, it's really, I think the the situations are so varied. We need to figure out who we're dealing with and how to best help them. And that's, I think, a really crucial thing. And then we need to have enough resources in place, which I know there are not. Even though Salem really does have a lot of resources, there still, there still aren't enough. And we need to, to figure out how to best approach the populations that we're dealing with at the level they're at and figure out how to help them bring them out of their current situation, no matter what it is. Meet them where they are, it sounds like. Um, well, thank you all candidates for your answers to those formal questions. Um, and that completes the questioning, the formal question part of the program. And now time for closing remarks. And we'll start with Logan Adams, who is standing in for Mickey Varney, who couldn't be here tonight. So Logan, 
um, your first app, and then we'll move to Chris. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, what do we want the future of West Salem to look like? For Mickey, she sees a bright future where West Salem is economically prosperous, walkable, people-focused, and has a strong community. She's been working for years to serve the people of West Salem, and her experience has given her the relationships and tools to know how to get things done. As a current city councilor, she's working every day towards this future with a smart plan and clear goals on how to get us there. We need someone with her experience and years of advocacy to make sure that West Salem isn't forgotten about and that we have a strong voice with strong leadership on the Salem City Council to serve the people of West Salem. Thank you. Thank you for that. And Chris? <clears throat> yes, thank you again to the City Club for hosting today's event. With the support of many Salem businesses, I'm ready to get to work. My top priorities will be addressing the homelessness, crime and public safety, affordable housing, and now is a new chapter for City of Salem. I will listen to the community and take on the issues and plan wisely for our future. I don't think just experience alone is getting it done. Now, as a Salem business owner and a native Salem resident, I seek your support for that change. You can check out my website, chrisforsalem.com, all spelled out, or on Facebook, Chris for Salem, for more information. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. And now Mia Huey, Huey speaking on behalf of Stacy Vera Brandel. Stacy Vera Brindle is running for Ward 6, and she believes in doing everything she can to be prepared to hit the ground running in service to her community, like being at the Citizen Budget Committee meeting right now. Stacy is already a mentor, a professor, a therapist, a wife, and a free fridge host. She's also the only person I know that could add city councilor to this list and do it with genuine joy and compassion for all of us in Salem. Stacy is motivated to increase representation of the diverse voices of Ward 6 by fostering community collaboration and inclusive decision-making. Stacy's website is stacyforward6.com. Thank you for that. And now Julie Hoy, also from Ward 6. Salem is in crisis. At least that's the way it looks from Ward 6. There is not enough help for those who need it on a variety of levels. There are a lot of broken people out there who need care. Some things are working. Other things are not. I believe strongly that handouts without some level of contribution do not help. In fact, they only perpetuate the problems, putting off healing and drawing more into dependency. Public safety is paramount. Wouldn't it be something if we worked together so well, in fact, that Salem became the city to watch for good reasons? I believe anything is possible. And if called to serve in this way, you will have my passion and commitment to leave Salem City Council one day better than I found it. Thank you. And now Danae Medlock representing um, Ward 4 or running for Ward 4. I think we've reached a point in the history of Salem where we need to step forward and grab what we have, look over everything and go, okay, we need to focus on the solutions that are working. And as Julie also said too, yeah, you got my words too. We gotta, we've got to focus on things that are working and 
pass on the things that aren't. And right now, I feel like many of the things that we're doing to address the homelessness um, that our neighbors in Salem are facing, I think that it's it's working quite well. And I think that it, as uh, Linda said, we've got to give it time because we are already seeing great results. And as a, a representative for Ward 4, I can tell you that results speak for themselves. Um, my website as well, join the crowd here, is medlockfororegon.com. And you can also find me on Facebook. Thank you very much. And Linda, you're the cleanup hitter. <laughs> I'm the cleanup. <laughs> Well, again, thank you for um, asking me to be part of this City Club um, forum. And um, I look forward to representing Ward 2. Uh, I am running unopposed, but people still do need to vote. So I want to encourage everyone to vote. And um, I want to also say that I have been so delighted that I, I didn't decide to do this. I was asked and I was approached by many. And what I have learned in talking with many of Ward 2 when I go to the neighborhood meetings is there is so much passion. There's so many people that love Salem as I do, and they want to see good things happen. And I want to be their instrument in helping that. So I hope that uh, they will be happy clicking their ballot and voting for me so I can do that for them and do things for Salem that will be even reflected 50 years from now. Thank you candidates for being here and answering the questions and your opening and closing remarks. And now we get into the fun part of the evening for questions from the audience. So I'm just gonna ask this question for um, all of the candidates to answer. So Chris, if we can start with you on this. According to a recent OPB article, there is little evidence that Salem Salem has an increasing crime problem. The article states property crimes and homicides have been relatively stable in the city. Do you believe there is a crime problem in your ward specifically and the city generally? What are your thoughts about hiring new police officers and finding new ways of managing homelessness and behavioral health problems currently being handled by law enforcement? So it's a public safety question. So Chris, you. I hope I get as much time as you did to ask the question even. Uh, That's a loaded question. Uh, I do say it is up. Uh, For example, uh, been talking to the folks over at Ace Hardware and crime is definitely up on the uh, the rise over there. Uh, They have a technical term that's uh, basically boils down to how much loss that they run into in a year. And uh, it almost, uh, I mean, it skyrocketed. And in addition to that, um, then I'm also hearing from my neighbors, I got my car stolen twice in six months. Uh, pilf- uh, we got people pilfering through backyards looking for propane tanks, generators, anything that you might see that a homelessness person might want to have is the common things that's being pilfered through in people's uh, neighborhoods. Uh, but I you know, I know they, they they run onto some kind of scientific thing to find that out in general across the whole uh, area, but uh, we see the crime on the rise here for sure, and it's approaching further up into the hills of West Salem. So uh, as a part of my efforts on city council, I do want to seek uh, ways that we can get about 60 more police officers on the force, 
And uh, it, it's not just a, a money thing all, all all the way around on that. It's just uh, also you know, finding the people too and incentives to get them here and, and to work on the crime and, and to have a presence uh, that will drive that down. Okay, thank you for that. And Julie, um, do you want to be second up here? And I'm happy to to read the crux of the question again. Oh, that's okay. I think I kind of got it. Um, I I know what I see. Um, I don't have statistics, but I know what I see. And I believe that gang activities on the rise in Ward 6, um, there's more graffiti in the last month than I've seen in the last six months. Um, there's also, I mean, I have personally experienced property crime, you know, uh, it's, yeah, it's everywhere. And they're stealing, generally speaking, to support habits that aren't good for anyone. Kate, do you have any thoughts about police officers? Oh, yes, I do. I think we need very well-trained police officers. I think we need to take a holistic approach to how we operate our, our police system and take care of people on every level. I think it's, it's just not going to ever be the good old police station. It's again, it's gotta be something different moving forward because the variables are so many. We have to be able to handle it. Okay. Thank you for that. And Linda. You done meet myself. So um, I would tell you that I, you asked the question, if there's more violent crime, I think that's what you were talking about. There's definitely an increase in property damage, um, uh, property loss, shoplifting, um, because we are hearing about it a lot. And part of the issue is the police are so um, understaffed, they can't come out for those types of activities. Um, And so I think then it becomes more frustrating because you feel like nothing happened because you didn't have a resource that was able to come to you. So as far as um, violent crimes, I do think that there seems to have been more um, recent with the ghost guns, uh, which tends to be more county. So again, trying to decide where, you know, the areas where some of these things are happening or, or the, the services that would come to that, because I believe that was something that they did with the FBI um, for the ghost guns. So interactions with other uh, districts, either county or federal. Um, so I'm happy that that they're able to do that. I think um, in terms of police, we do need to increase our staff for the police. I think the police strategic plan is is certainly well-founded and um, something that we can work towards. I believe that. I do think that communities need to mm, try to help support themselves better in the sense of instead of just calling the police, you know, you might call your neighbor. Did you hear something? I think something might be going on so that you can find some sort of support if you feel threatened because you may not be able to get the police out there because there's just not enough staff at the time. Okay, thank you for that. And Danae? So in regards to violent crime, I think that something that, and I'm, I'm sure this has been said so many times that people are probably just just drowning in it, but the pandemic brought a mental health crisis to a point where we are seeing it reflect 
all across the board. I know I saw something recently about in our schools here in Salem, how it's even not just affecting the adults, but the children as well. Um, I know that in my daughter's school, she has come home and told me that she actually saw two fifth graders having a fist fight, a full on fist fight in the cafeteria and they had to be pulled off each other. So I know that what we see first and foremost is the violence. And yes, it's disturbing and upsetting, but below the surface, below that violence that we see is a major problem. And that's how we deal with this mental health crisis we have going on right now. Part of that solution, I think, is having something, for example, the, um, the mobile crisis response team. When you see uh, like domestic violence, that can definitely turn violent. And a mobile response um, crisis response team would be great for responding to issues like that and de-escalating them before they become an even bigger issue. Uh, I know talking to my husband, when we went to college down at the U of O, he volunteered at Whitebird down in Eugene and got to ride on a Cahoots ride down there. Cahoots, that's like their version you know, of a mobile, mobile crisis response unit. So, and he said it was amazing how you could take a situation that was so extreme and could get very out of, much out of hand and when you have people who are specially trained in dealing with mental health crises, the, the issue, it can be de-escalated and not turn into a violent crime. Thank you so much. And I'm afraid we're out of time. I wish we had more time. We've got several other areas we could get into. So thank you, candidates. And again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time not only to be here tonight, but to step up and run for office. It, it really is what makes makes democracy work and hats off. If I had a hat, I'd take it off to you. But um, thank you all for joining us. You've been listening to candidates for Salem City Council and Mayor, introducing themselves and giving their view of the city's needs and how they intend to work to answer those needs. KMUZ would like to thank Salem City Club for the audio recording to make this program. And the entire panel discussion and Q&A is permanently posted on the City Club archive at SalemCityClub.com. This is Community Radio KMUZ, Turner, broadcasting local news and public information for the Mid-Willamette Valley. This program is aired on Friday at noon and repeated Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock. Thanks for listening.